Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Not just a day, a great day. uh, We got a good hour for you. Andrew Brandt's going to join us. We'll ask him about uh, just how bad, how hard it is to clean up the calf space with the Packers, what he thinks Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Also, what he thinks Tom Brady is going to do. You know, I was, um, I was, uh, I was thinking about this. So the championship Sunday or championship weekend is upon us, right? So we're going to have two Super Bowl teams next week. And, uh, and, and there's, you know, what pro bowl is that follow that, that weekend. And then we have a week with super week and we'll have kind of every guest ever. And, uh, I'm interested to know about some of these coaching hires and what it all means. So apparently the Raiders are interested in Josh McDaniels as their coach. Now, Josh McDaniels obviously coming from New England and there's a guy named David Ziegler who's part of the New England front office. And the idea is the two of them can come in together hand in hand. As I told you before, you don't hire one without the other. McDaniels comes in, Ziegler's his right-hand guy, and kind of given a blank slate and a good quarterback to work with. And a chance to continue the the remodel job after the rebuild job that was done by John Gruden and Mike Mayock. And this, in many ways, it does. I'll use the, the, the real estate analogy is really simple. <clears throat> you know, if you go look at real estate and you're like, everybody wants a, everybody wants a house that's completely done, but they're really, really overpriced, right? Um, but a teardown, those are hard. Or when you got to gut it, then and it's just, it's hard. Just a lot. Construction, all-time high. Now, right now, with all the construction jobs, it's hard to get people lock in on your job, to get the right subs. Everybody's overcharging for things. And maybe the, the best place to go is to go, you know, mid-remodel, where a, con- a contractor walks or gets fired or whatever, which is basically what's happened with the Raiders. They were mid-remodel, and some of the things didn't work. They end up now no- looking for a new contractor, and that's what McDaniels would be. And in many ways, he would fit the model for what Bill Belichick went through, right? Which is fail your first time around. And the second time you make better decisions, including bringing David Ziegler with him. And, and maybe it makes sense because he thought he was going to get the Patriots job. And the longer it goes, the more you start to think, maybe Belichick's going to give this thing to his son. Speaking of Vegas, the show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, your home for live sports. And that means all sports. Every game, match, race, competition, it is always on. Uh, Now go on. Plan your trip at visitlasvegas.com. 
to see the best and the brightest in Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Guys, I want to have a discussion with you. There's going to be a lot made out of the fact that the Niners, let's say it's 50-50. It may be more Niners. I, I don't know. Um, my, as you guys know, one of my closest friends, not my closest friend in the world is Miles Simon. He's a lifelong Rams fan. Did not jump off the Rams bandwagon when they left town when we were in high school. I have a couple of kids who play for me. They're like, Coach, I can't play after 2.30 because at 3 o'clock the Rams game is on. I've heard people say L.A. is not a good football town. I think that's laughable. It's not a good, it's a great football town. The, the problem is that these teams haven't been here long enough for people to have the equity to cheer for them. Byer, do you think that's fair? Like, I, again, I don't think it's, it's not a town where you land and there's one all-consuming football team that you talk about. But I do think that between the popularity of USC, the popularity of the Rams, the popularity of the Chargers, the popularity of the NFL in general, even the popularity of high school football, I think it's a pretty good football town. Where, where are you as a guy who's lived in the Midwest, a, a huge Ohio State fan as well? Um, where do you think in terms of the popularity of football in L.A.? I don't think that it's a good football town with how we normally associate uh, good football towns. And those are usually the community backing their team where everybody on Friday wears Packer jerseys to school or they're doing that in Cincinnati or they're doing that in Kansas City with their teams playing this weekend. I don't see Rams jersey day at schools. I could be wrong. My son's not in school yet, but I don't think that that's the case. I don't see businesses uh, getting on board with the Rams like maybe you would in other locales, whether it be college or, or pro and having that. So I don't think that you can put LA even close to to those categories it's it's a unique sports town uh, period for me I was shocked to see how much people love the Dodgers and the Lakers when I first moved out here because where I came from the NBA was not considered a you know diehard sort of sport but to see how much the city you know lived and died with the Lakers and and the Dodgers was surprising to me but I just don't think in the traditional sense it's a great football town. Okay. I, I have a hypothesis I'll share with you in a second, but uh, and, and we'll discuss it. Um, Jay Stu, you are a huge sports fan, and you grew up here. What do you think of this town as a football town? I, I think it's a good football town in that there are a ton of people who love football. They just love different teams because they've been conditioned to find other teams or – this town has a bunch of transplants. I mean, there's just a reason why there's so much diversity among the the fan the fans in this town for football. Um, it makes perfect sense to me that they're having issues uh, like this weekend and a couple weekends ago against the Niners. It, it makes sense to me why. I know I know exactly what Los Angelinos or whatever we call ourselves are dealing with this weekend with this game, um, and it, it makes sense to me. Everything makes sense to me. Ramos? Well, obviously I've been a Rams fan since I was a kid. My dad was a Rams fan before that. And so I remember the Rams in the 70s when I was like seven, eight years old. And it was it was definitely a Rams town. I mean, they they loved the Rams. And then they moved to Orange County and it kind of went away. And I agree with you. I think you've mentioned that before, right, Doug, about the move to Orange County kind of 
took away some of the Rams fans from Los Angeles or, or they kind of didn't follow him to there. I don't know. I did. I'm just I didn't have time to find another team, Doug. I really didn't. When the Rams left here, you had time? I didn't have time to like or care or an effort to find another team to root for. I just figured, well, that's why why try? Maybe I was just lazy. I no, just no, no, listen. Uh, so okay, so so there, there's a bunch of good points that you guys have made. I don't think there's there's zero bad points that have been made. To be completely candid with you guys, when you make a bad point, like I like to point it out, there's no bad points there. Um, I thought what Jace said actually went hand in hand a little bit with what Byers said. Okay, in that it's it's just it's very different from any city you'll ever be in. It's very different because some towns care about baseball. Some towns care about basketball. Some towns care about football. Some towns are only college towns. Some towns are pro towns. Los Angeles, I actually think, cares about all of them and none of them all at once. It's a weird thing. The first thing is we're all conditioned to root for hopefully our local teams, but also teams that win. Nobody likes rooting for a loser. It's, unless your dad is a diehard fan of those losers, right? That's the only it's the only explanation. I don't think there's very many young Jets fans. Most Jets fans are New Yorkers that grew up on Long Island where the Jets used to play and they went through some times in which they were decent in the 80s and that's when they were kids. It's it's a lot of its condition when you're a kid. And so you have a whole generation of kids who grew up in Southern California and the NFL wasn't that big, right? Kids don't really play at that time. It wasn't as big in fantasy football. You know, you played Madden, but you didn't have a hometown team. So you rooted for whoever was good and whoever was good. That's who you became a fan of. Like, why do you think they're fans of the Lakers? Cause the Lakers have been good in almost every gen within each decade. They've had a couple of years where they competed for and won an NBA title. I mean, the, the Dodgers, if to people who say it's not a great sports town, how do you explain the Dodgers and the Angels combining for 7 million people a year at their games? Again, doesn't make you the greatest sports town. It, it's just a different deal. And to have a team, even if they've occupied the city before, be gone for 20 years and then show back up and be like, hey, we're back. Every, we're everybody's favorite team. Like, I just... I. I think we're underselling the intelligence level and the the tie to teams who have been closer to us. I don't think it's a bad, I think it's a really good sports town. I just think it's super unique in that there's no one or two teams. The Lake, it, I, I, it is still a Lakers town. The Dodger thing is weird. Part of it is, you know, the last decade, they basically have won every year. And they've won one World Series, but they've won every year. It's pretty hard not to. But I don't. I don't know if the Dodger fandom uh, is as big throughout the entirety of LA as much as it is Los Angeles. Um, it's a lot to it. I think it's fascinating, and I. I actually think it's really good for the Chargers to have this situation because there were people previously that made it out like it's only a Charger issue in terms of filling up your stadium. Like, nah, it's a Rams issue too. It's just an L.A. thing. These teams haven't been here. The only difference between the Rams and the Chargers is the Chargers were the were the, the rival of the team that people wanted. The Rams used to be a team that people wanted. They just There's just a ton of apathy about it. Yes, uh, Yes, uh, John Rambo. So can the Rams, can the, I mean, obviously I think we can say that it'll never be a Rams city 
just with like the Lakers and Dodgers and stuff like that. But can the Rams find some place as long as they keep winning? Is that the theory? If they stay in first or in the NFC Championship or get to a Super Bowl every couple like year, they will always be in the conversation with LA fans. But they're never going to be a football town, no matter what they do. Is that is that what the thought is? Um, I think it's I think it's gonna be a real I think it's gonna be a really good NFL town. Okay, I think it just takes time. I, I agree I with do. you on time. I, yes, I just I th- I think it takes time. You, you gotta understand, you know, like uh, oh, who do you want to compare it to, right? Do you want to compare it to Chicago? Like, okay, we can make it out like the Bears run Chicago, but I gotta tell you, when the Bears were bad in the nineties, Chicago became a basketball town. They love the Bulls. It's always been they've loved they they always loved the Cubs and the White Sox were good for a couple of years. I think Chicago is an amazing sports town, but they also only have one football franchise. That football franchise has been there for over a hundred years, and in truth, they became a little fickle with it when they were average in the nineties. And the basketball team was great. Um, so I, I think success has a lot to do with it, but also it takes time. But Byer, I hear you chomping. Yeah, at the yeah, because because there's, I I think that the net gain of Rams fans that they gained from the Super Bowl three years ago was darn near zero. Like I don't know anybody that all of a sudden became a Rams fan when they went to the Super Bowl, and I think that was the thought of Stan Kroenke and the ownership was we win right away, we've got this town. And I, and I also think, and I don't think that was correct, but I do think that the Rams were correct in a different matter, where stars matter. And it's actually why I think the Chargers have an opportunity, because Justin Herbert could be that star that football fans gravitate to, that the, not to the magic level of, but but there are, this city does love stars and loves great players. And I think that that is what, I don't know how it's going to be or who it's going to be. But I think that will also add fans and draw fans. Is that star power, lo- uh, you know, aspect? It's mm, interesting. I, I think what hurt the Rams is um, they go to Super Bowl, they lose, right? They only score three points, um, and then I'm, I'm, if I'm getting my that was LeBron, and they you had the LeBron drama in L.A. right, and they they trade for Anthony Davis. The Dodgers, were, you know, were right there as well. Uh, I, I just think that I'm trying to think what year was what year was that? How many years ago? I'm trying it was to three m- years the of of the Rams going to the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah, it was three years ago. What what exact year is that? Sorry, that's no, that's right. 2019. So 2019 was the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. And so, like again, if you look at it, what happened that year? That was the year COVID, right? So COVID shuts things no, down. That was no? the year after. Yeah. You're after, yeah. So it's 2020 was when COVID hit. Okay, but so this it would have been. I, I agree. I agree. Like I think they've actually picked up fans this year. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's become kind of a thing. I think the Chargers have picked up some fans. I think the stadium thing helps it too. Like having a new stadium. Sure. Lots of people are going to the place. Like you know what? Kind of like the Rams. Kind of like the new stadium. Kind of like the Chargers. Kind of in on it. I just. I don't know. I just think it takes time. It takes time. I, you know, I also think in a population where there's what 13 million, you know, I mean, in, in this part of Southern California, of, I mean, there's just going to be a lot of different football fans. We saw it with the Niners going to Dallas. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a 85 15 percent split with Cowboy fans and the Cowboys, who have the biggest brand probably in the entire NFL. 
they actually have that problem at home where other fans come in. Right. You get a lot of people, you got a lot of different fans. It happens, yeah. you know, especially yeah. from Northern California when it comes to the 49ers. A lot of NorCal transplants live here, God, to Jason's point. Right? They're just obnoxious people. I'm kidding. A little bit, not, not really. Well, they say hella all the time in sentences. That's the dead giveaway for somebody who's tried and true NorCal. They throw in a hella for no apparent reason. I don't understand it. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Andrew Brandt in a second. First, let's get to the picks. I want winners. Well, we got them. <laughs> Five NFL, five college. Five on three. One, two, three. Five. It's five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Let's go, five. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, I got uh, I got to get five. I've, I've challenged myself to get five picks. Okay, that's what I've done. I've challenged myself to get five picks. So what I've done is I've combined a little college basketball, SEC Big 12 Challenge, I have combined that with some football picks. That makes sense? Good. Most of it is football picks. Let's uh, let's start with the, the two championship games. Right? You got championship Sunday. It should be amazing. The Bengals are taking on the Chiefs. Uh, the Bengals are a seven-point dog in Kansas City. The Bengals, of course, beat the Chiefs earlier this season. The over-under is 54 and a half. Um, That's a lot of points, right? It's moved up some. So remember, if it's 34-20 Chiefs, that means they win, they don't cover. They they don't cover. Now, I don't think uh, Kansas City's defense is great. Um, But I do think that they can pressure the passer, and I do think that Joe Burrow is behind an offensive line that needs to be better. I also think they throw it a ton. And I look at the Chiefs, and I'm like, as explosive as they are, there have been games where they messed around. I still love the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs by a lot. I like the Chiefs to win and cover. Now, as far as the over-under, I've been thinking over all week, and now I'm getting a little, now I'm getting a little nervous, right? Now I'm like, man, I don't know. But the last time these two teams played the compete, the complete, uh, uh, they would have hit the over. Last week would have hit the over. I think it's a high-scoring ball game. Chiefs win and they hit the over. Niners taking on the Rams. I like the Rams to win, but I like the Niners to cover. I think this is a very close football game, and the best way to hedge the lack of true faith in the Rams is to take the Niners and the points. Um, I also think it's going to be a lower-scoring affair. I think both teams want to run the football, establish the run, and and stay away from the big play, the big mistake defensively. They're just wired differently than those other teams. So I like the Niners and the points and the under. And the under. Got it? You got those? So, okay, those are the four picks. Now, you got to work your way to college hoops. So the college basketball lines... Some of them are fluctuating because of health of players. All right? So I'm only going to go with this 
current moment, okay, this current moment, which is all of the matchups which are going to take place tomorrow in uh, in college hoops. And some of those lines, yeah, obviously, aren't totally set yet. But the ones that are the interesting ones, you know, you got Duke-Louisville. That one's still kind of in flux. Um, it feels like Ty Ty Washington won't play for Kentucky. That would lead me to want to take that would lead me to want to take Kansas in that. Uh, so I'm going to take Kansas and I'm going to take the other four picks. Those are my football picks and the one basketball pick for the day. Let's get five to on three. One, two, three. There it is. Five NFL. Let's go five. Five college. Five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Uh, Andrew, let, let's let's start in Green Bay okay, with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers said, I want to be part of a rebuild. Everybody, with people point out, well, they're $40 million over the cap. That, that seems as simple as, look, they, they, Devontae would want a new deal. You redo Aaron's deal, and you redo uh, Bakhtiari's deal. Is enough, is enough cap space created with the cap spicing, uh, spiking and some changes made? Is, is that essentially what they need to do? I think so, Doug. First of all, I'm still a fan. I was so disappointed. I didn't expect it. There are only so many times in a career that athletes and front office people know this, where you feel like you had the team. You know, you had the team to win it all. I thought special player quarterback, special player receiver, home field advantage, bye week, sub-zero temperatures, team from California, shaky quarterback on the other side. I just still can't believe it. You know, as a fan and as a fan of football, having said that, we move to the future, and I know we'll talk about the quarterback. I'm not a big believer, having done it for 10 years, in putting out spins about salary cap. The bottom line is it can be worked out. I managed that cap for 10 years. The Packers are a well-managed cap team, and they know. They're not coming to us in January and saying, oh, by the way, we're 40. They've known this for months, and they've had a plan for months on how to deal with it. There's a lot of fat on the roster. Randall Cobb, second year, some of this other stuff. And if Aaron is still there, like you said, they'll take the $25 million salary. They'll turn it into bonus. They'll take the cap down from 25 to whatever, three or four. And they'll move through it pretty quickly. So I don't give a lot of credence to the Packers or any team that says they can't do something because of the cap. Well, but he he's, make, he's the one who's saying... Okay. You know, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. Do you see that roster as one that will have to be rebuilt? No. I see the only rebuilt part of the roster is going to be quarterback if he's not there. I mean, that's a team that made it to the championship game three years in a row. So no one's leaving except potentially Adams, and they'll figure that out if Aaron's there. So I I don't see that as part of the equation. I think – if Aaron leaves, it's not going to be because he sees this team being four and eleven, four and whatever next year. Right. So it does it feels to me though that that means he wants he wants to leave, and now he's looking for excuses. I've said this since draft day twenty twenty that Aaron's going to move on in twenty twenty two, and the Packers are going to move on from Aaron. I just felt it. I have no inside knowledge. I just felt like you make a commitment to Jordan Love. I think about that image in my mind, in everyone's mind. Draft day when they're home, it's the COVID draft, and Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst have smiles on their faces. They just traded up for Jordan Love. And I don't think that was to sit him for three years. 
I think some people thought sit him for one year, but I always thought two years. And and as you know, I'm sure you're talking about, all the dots connecting Aaron to the Broncos are falling into place. Who knows if it's going to happen? But that's just been my sense for a long time. Uh, okay, so what do you – if you were going to execute that trade in your Green Bay, what do you get back in return? Well, they got pieces, that team. I mean, that's what all lines up as well. As well. They have young, ascending receivers, and they have a surplus. You know, they have Sutton, they have Judy, they have Patrick, they have Hamler, they have defensive players, they have Chubb, they have Sertain, and, of course, Picks. So if I'm Gutekunst, I'd rather have some of the players I mentioned more than Picks, but I would think Picks would be involved as well. They picked up an extra two and a three for a declining linebacker named Von Miller with no time on left on his contract, which I thought was a very savvy trade. So they have ammunition to get him, and now they have the closest coach in the country to Aaron Rodgers on the pro level at the head coach. So, yes, there are a lot of dots connecting Aaron to to, to Denver right now. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That part to me is is really interesting. Like it's they're they're not trying to be sly about it. They're just hey, we're going to hire a guy who's good, but we know that Aaron loves him, and we're going after Aaron, right? Like this is uh, has that. I'm trying to think when that's been done before. Yeah, I don't. I I think I saw on Twitter that he had a press conference today. I don't know if he was asked about Aaron. I obviously like to hear what he says. Now, listen, let's go back. The Packers are saying we want Aaron back. I get it. And Aaron's being very reflective and taken his time. But it's different, right, Doug? Last year, it was like we really want Aaron back. I mean, we're flying to L.A., our coach, our GM, our president. We're begging him. We're come on, you got to come back. Please, please, please. I don't think that's the sense here. And this is what happened 15 years ago. In earlier off-seasons, we would fly down to Mississippi, please, Brett, please, Brett, please, Brett, come back. And it got to a point in 08 where we're like, yeah, it's up to you. Because <laughs> you know? we knew we were ready to move on to Aaron. And, of course, we did. And then Brett came back, and it was messy and all that. But I see a lot of deja vu here. Yeah, it is, it is a lot of deja vu. Now, part of it was, though, they knew they had Aaron I don't feel like there's the same level of belief in Jordan at this point. It's hard to know that. I mean, listen, I know everyone's saying, well, he's never going to be Aaron Rodgers. But we didn't know Aaron Rodgers was going to be Aaron Rodgers. I know he had that one game against Dallas. And, yeah, he looked good. But who knows? The one thing we did see was the off seasons where Brett was in Mississippi. And I wonder how they saw Jordan forget about the Kansas City game in the offseason of 2021 while Aaron was in California. And that's a key time because that's where you sort of see how he can run a team with the star quarterback away for those four months. So I don't know if they feel like that, but we certainly didn't know about Aaron. We felt good about him. We didn't know. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, um, okay, you're you're – in the prospects of hiring a coach, right? And there's all these different ways of doing it. But when these new general managers get a job, do they have complete say in who they're going to hire as a coach? 
I think so. I mean, I think in those situations we're seeing around the league where it's coach and general manager being fired and the GMs coming in first, like in Chicago and Minnesota and New York, um, it's interesting because that's GM first, right? The, the owner hires the GM and then he's hiring the coach. And part of the interview, I would think, is very much about, hey, who are you going to hire as coach and why? What do you like? Who are you looking for? That's all part of the interview. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't know exactly where teams come up with these names. I think I hate to be cynical. A lot of this is agents that keep pushing these names, pushing these names, pushing these names until they're out there in the population. And everyone say, well, they're interviewing them. He must be good. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how these guys end up doing. We laughed at Nick Sirianni. He's the only one that made the playoffs from this past group. It, it is interesting. Like Some of these young guys have gotten opportunities, and there have been people pointing out. The, but then we're looking in the NFC, and here's two young guys. Matter of fact, three young guys. If you look at, at, at Cincinnati, another job that people are like, you're hiring who? And, right. and that one's worked out. It happened with Matt LaFleur. It's it it happens all the time, and you know the, the the things people look for are very cliche, right? It's like oh, you know, leadership and offensive mind or defensive mind and savviness, and everyone he talks to, and he comes from a tree, whether it's Belichick or Andy Reid. You know, I just wonder if there's some missing piece that some owner or GM has found that we don't know about, because a lot of it seems pretty cliche. It, it really does. A- Andrew Brand. Andrew, just real quick, who do you like this weekend? Well, I certainly like the Chiefs. I know the Bengals are a great story, but they can't protect Burrow. I mean, they just can't. And the Chiefs don't have the greatest defense, but they're going to get Burrow, sat- Burrow killed. <laughs> Got to get better offensive linemen. The other one's really tough, Doug. I like, I just think if they can, even with Garoppolo, who's a wild card, if they can do what they did in sub zero attempts at Lambeau, I think they can do it in LA. So I guess Chiefs and Niners. Hmm. Uh, Andrew Brandt, check out his newsletter. Okay, It's the Sunday 7 newsletter. You can follow him, find him on Twitter at Andrew Brandt or all over social media. Of course, he hosts the Business of Sports podcast as well. Andrew, enjoy the weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to the press. The press. The press is brought to you by Hustler Turf. Brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business. And for us weekend Joes, Hustler Turf also has a lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. Dan Beyer, what do you have? Beyer. Doug, we start out with some interesting news from the state of Florida, a measure to put sports uh, betting on the ballots for the November elections uh, fell short. It failed. They needed 900,000 signatures to get it on the ballot. Instead, they only got 472,000 signatures. Uh, the supporters of the uh, the move say the pandemic, Omicron, all of that played a role in them not getting enough signatures. So there will be no sports betting in Florida on the ballot coming up in 2022. In 2024 is the next time that they, it could be put to a vote. Oh, no! 
why aren't they doing it? Yeah, they just didn't get enough signatures. They didn't get enough to put it on the uh, the ballot. So those in Florida who would like to uh, bring sports betting to that state are going to have to wait another two years at least. We- yeah. Weird. Yes. Because you think I- that it's like a foregone conclusion everywhere. But the, uh, yeah. yeah because now be- it's just like, well, you, we're going to make how much in tax revenue? Oh. Done. Yeah. Oh. Done. A lot of signatures, 900,000, and they uh, they got just over half of that. Moving on to other things in Florida, the Miami Dolphins are going to be interviewing Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable for the second time, and Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore is also getting a second interview. So Jerry Jones's wish of having all three of Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn, and Kellen Moore back in Dallas could be foiled by the Dolphins if Moore cashes in on that second interview. Well, I mean, who better to command an offense led by a left-handed quarterback than a left-handed quarterback? I always, right? Yeah, I thought Dable was kind of the front runner. I was a little surprised. I, Kellen Moore's name came up in a lot of interviews, you know, about a week ago, but hadn't heard much of follow-ups. So this one's a little little interesting to see if uh, they go that route. Yeah, well, and then a lot of people think Dayball is going to end up being the guy in New York, right? Although Flores now has a second had a second interview, so... Yeah. That whole thing's weird. Yeah. Stuff to stuff to watch and Josh McCown's getting a second interview with the Houston Texans for their head coaching vacancy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think it's well, I, yeah, I think it's obvious with the Texans. Like Nick Casario mm. wants a head coach that he can talk to, that he can be on the headset during a game and do those things. That's why they had David Cully there and it's my opinion. But, I th- your opinion ooh. is one that's shared by many. I tend to agree with your opinion. Don't buy it. Texans still looking for their main guy. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Now, of course, this weekend we have the championship games. The weekend after that, Doug, the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, in Las Vegas. The the consolation. Gambling on the Pro Bowl. That's the one time when you go like, you might have a little bit of a problem. <laughs> okay. The uh, consolation gifts for those who were number one seeds and got ousted last week are to coach in the Pro Bowl. Titans coaching staff gets to coach the AFC. The Packers coaching staff will be coaching the NFC. Huh. I'm sure they're all really looking forward to that. Huh? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I get a trip to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I would think that Hawaii, though, still would be. And I know right now there's no stadium for them to play in. Yes. But minor detail. If, Roger that. If, but they can play eventually. UH is going to have that place on campus. Just play there. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. 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 And I think Stay that's the island. That's the place where all the players and coaches probably would want to go if they were uh, if they were going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, this note from college football, four Arizona State assistants no longer with the program, two resigned, two fired after an NCAA investigation into illegal recruiting tactics uh, during the pandemic. Could be some payments to come on campus and also recruiting during the dead period during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. Yeah, they they did a lot of stupid stuff, but they had, yeah, they had guys taking unofficial visits and unofficial visits, but you have to like log them in and they brought guys to campus when no one else was on campus. Like, what were they doing? <laughs> right. Oh, Herm. Lakers are the broad James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook all questionable for tonight's game in Charlotte. Lakers dinged up on that road trip. Lost to the Sixers last night without LeBron. 
Um, they did. And, and Anthony Davis looked good, though. Yeah. But he got hurt again. Yes. Suffered a wrist injury. That's why he's questionable tonight. Shocker. Yeah. ESPN reports the Sacramento Kings are no longer pursuing 76ers guard Ben Simmons. Yeah, so it seems like they're going to just sit on Ben Simmons for the year, I guess, and then trade him next year. It's frustrating. Trade him offseason? <laughs> hey, I would have loved to have seen a deal to Sacramento. That would Send have... him to Sacramento. That's exactly where he needs to go. Uh, that would be great. They need, they need like a whole send him to Sacramento. Who else do we need? All the Send all the malcontents to Sacramento. Yes. And the phrase in golf... Uh... Horses for courses. You could say that with Tory Pines and John Rahm. Yeah. Has won uh, the Farmers Insurance Open previously a few years ago. Of course, won the U.S. Open this past June at Tory Pines on the South Course. Rahm right now one shot back of the lead during third round play. Again, this tournament wraps up tomorrow. They didn't want to conflict with the uh, AFC and NFC Championship games, so they are moved everything up a day early. Rahm at 13-under. Your leaders right now, Will Zalatoris and Justin Thomas at 14-under par. That's a fact. And that's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Dan Byer, who plays in the Super Bowl? I picked the Rams at the start of the season, and even though I went somewhere and said the 49ers would win on Sunday, I reserved the right to change my mind. Chiefs and Rams in Super Bowl 56. Uh, John Ramos? Chiefs and 49ers. Wow, he's picking it. Are you doing the reverse psychology thing? Is that what you're doing? No comment on that. Okay. <laughs> you got you, you got to do you got to answer that one in in the reverse psychology as well, right? I would never do that, Doug. Or these are not the droids you're looking for. What about you, Jay Stu? Who goes to Super Bowl? I'll go Chiefs Rams. Chiefs Rams. Okay. Um, interesting because I do think that those of us who are not Rams fans really don't want the Rams to go to the Super Bowl because. You'll get obnoxious Ram fans like, yo, oh, I believed him in all the time. Like, what are you talking about? You guys didn't show up for games anyway. What are you what are you even talking about? Um, I have the Chiefs. I have the Rams. Wouldn't stun me at all if the Niners win that game. I think that one's gonna be the fun one this weekend. Now, this is the place for you to listen for all the commentary. This is the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. 